but goal in his career that was for Southampton against Wigan back in 2018 for Pierre-Emile Hoybier. Might he possibly come up with a, a winning moment? It, it increasingly feels one goal will be enough tonight. Whoever scores here will, will be going through to the fourth round, you would imagine. Brownhill's free kick is behind where he wanted it to be. All his teammates ran into the penalty area. His cross came to the edge of the box. Brian Hill is the latest to try and head it out. Udogi awkwardly fell and sort of stomached it away, but that'll do. And Kulusevski has found a little bit of space down the right-hand side. Richarlison's in field of him. Hoybjerg's made a great run of the back post. Played into Richarlison, missing. Down goes Hoybjerg. Here's Richarlison oh again. Norwich is able to fall on the ball. Another chance goes up begging for Spurs. But Burnley have given it away. Porro! Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory. I'm ASD. I'm Giles. I'm Rob. It is so good to see you two. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year, buddy. It's so good to see you, Giles see and you. Rob. Um, how were your holidays? Uh, it was good. good. Yeah, we had a lovely Christmas and um, we were fortunate and, and lucky enough to go to um, Finland yeah. for the week or so before Christmas as well. And the Finns do Christmas uh, really well, if, as anyone would know that's been there. So, yeah, we had, I had a really long break. It was really good. Yeah, I was, you know, my, I, I started a new job. I've got to apologise, first of all, because we haven't podded in nearly a month. And that's <laughs> all on me. I got tonsillitis and then it was Christmas. So that's all on me. So I'm sorry. Um, works, new job, works hard. I get ill. I'm not very good at managing that stuff. But the new company is based in Copenhagen, and I said to the um, I said to the Danes last week, I said, "What well, is Finland good? Should we go? Should I go to Finland?" And they said, "Only if you find Denmark too exciting." And like Denmark <laughs> is not exciting. Like the reason I'm wearing, I've got a, a pink T-shirt on today is because they I, I can't I can't not wear colour because the Danes they just wear black and white, and they said to me, "We wear yeah. brown when we want to be a bit exciting." It's not a it's not an a, a dangerous or an, <laughs> or an exciting place to be. <laughs> Best bakeries in the lot. world. It's, it's dark, dark a lot. lot. Yeah, it rains so like, two days out of three. It's really dark. So where where we were, the sun was coming up at like ten in the morning, and but it was dark by about quarter past two. Jeez. So that that this, there's a lot to be said for uh, vitamin for D for light. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was good fun. Right, mate. Well, it, there's so much to talk about there's so many games there's players to talk about I mean I'll quickly reel off the games we haven't spoken about so I don't think we've talked about us beating Forest 2-0 us beating Everton 2-1 losing to Brighton 4-2 beating Bournemouth 3-1 and then yesterday's game against Burnley um, but before that we need to talk about Hugo Lloris now I'll be the voice of reason if Chris was here Chris is angry at Hugo for his drink driving conviction in 2018 when he got caught doing 15 miles per hour and a 30 miles per hour and going for a red light and he got fined 50 grand because he was more than two times illegal drink driving and he was banned from driving so that is not great he's paid his debt to society in my humble point of view and so acknowledging that he was an awful man for doing that and he could have killed someone let's talk about our captain leaving us going to LA good to see him I just want to see the boy happy. Good to see him go, go somewhere happy. But what a magnificent, what a magnificent player he was for us for so, so, so many years. 
Mm. So many years. Is there any particular memory that stands out? I think just having a, just having a consistent number one because I think prior to him, who were we? We were juggling. We had like the Brad Friedel, the Robinsons, Cudicini, Gomez. Um, Gomez. Like there wasn't the reliability. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Digging deep there, but we didn't. Um, and it's really weird actually when you talk about Hugo. Caveat aside, that um, especially given the last two years, he was probably anything but reliable because he had quite a few clangers, right? And it's, I think it's important we don't remember him for, for that and we do shed light and, and, and share the greater memory of him, which was that consistency. He was a real leader, right? And I think we had a, an absolutely, it's a bit like when we look back at Toby and Jan, like to have positions which are filled regardless and you know the name that's going down is such a comforting place to be. And we had that for years, you know, a decade-ish yes. with, with Hugo and that's significant, right? Did your opinion of him change when we saw him have a go at Sun in the Amazon documentary? Because we never saw that side of him, ever. <laughs> no, it's interesting. I I am... Um... It did change a little bit of him, actually, because I, I always had quite quite mixed feelings about Hugo in the sense that he absolutely, as Giles said, I completely agree, gave us that stability. But And he was a you know, brilliant shot stopper and almost felt like the game kind of, over the years, sort of passed him by as the requirements for a goalkeeper, at least in the Premier mm. League, sort of changed a little bit. But I, never, I was never really... Um, kind of wedded to the ability of him as a captain and i know that <clears throat> there's kind of a a really good counter argument to what i'm saying you know france captain world cup winner and all and all that stuff but i don't know i just i just maybe i'm a little bit old school about this but i sort of never felt like he was that galvanizing force as a captain that every team needs which is really difficult for him to be as a goalkeeper but when you are a goalkeeper and you're the captain you've got to be really vocal and <clears throat> driving the team on sort of thinking you know Schmeichel and all that sort of stuff and I never really felt that that he gave us that and it, you know during his tenure as captain we we got you know close but no cigar sort of thing didn't we quite mm. a lot so I always kind of felt that um that little episode with Sonny whenever it was was probably it was the Covid season wasn't it I think um at least showed that he had that little bit of fight and aggression in him and sort of coincided with Mourinho you know trying to stir them all up at that time yeah. which he was trying to do wasn't he there's a there's sort of an admin captain isn't there and then there's the the getting everyone together and he sort of had Kane doing that I've always had problems with Kane doing that but um, uh, yeah mm. they, but, they, but he's had other people the one thing uh, the, the moment in my head is always the Hugo Rodiega header where he just saved it and then but this was years ago it just I went back through it and he's, he's been with us for so long so consistent mm. so brilliant and I do think that when Lukaku tried to take his head off there was a big change in in the way he played the game he stopped being that sweeper keeper because that was madness like there was sometimes where he'd be in shot and the goal wouldn't be in shot because he'd be so far out and you go like what are you yeah. doing there what are you doing there and you <coughs> and then when Lukaku tried to kill him, and it, it was it was like taking a punch from Ngannou. You know, it was it was a it was a big impact, and almost and cracked his skull open. That was a, a big time. But yeah, massive thank you. I do I don't think we are good at getting rid of legends. You know, like the way we treated Danny Rose. I don't think we treated like we didn't get rid of Harry Kane in a particularly special way. I heard that they just mm. banned him from the training ground. He didn't get a chance to say goodbye. And now yeah. Lloris, it, it doesn't. You know, in the way they got rid of. Hugh, uh, Jan, uh, 
Supian and Toby. I just it doesn't feel very respectful for the service that they Hugo could have gone. He's a World Cup winning captain, but he stayed with us. He did. Um, he had opportunities though, didn't he? In the summer, he didn't want to go and be Lazio's number two. No. I think um, Nice were were you know rumoured at least to be in for him, and he did get a send off. I mean, it was quite strange. I don't know, if Rob. He did. I assume you were there too, but it was quite funny because yeah. from about the sort of late thirties, thirty minutes. 40 minutes it was like there'd been a fire drill or something because there was this huge exodus much earlier than you'd normally expect yeah. before half time of people leaving and it was um I was with Chris and she said oh maybe it's people trying to get in early so they can get back out for Hugo's farewell which might have been the case but there was still you know huge pockets of empty seats for his uh his send-off and it was to be honest it wasn't quite as uh significant as I felt it would have been for say Toby or Jan or even Danny Rose potentially. Yeah, he didn't finish on a high, did he? So his his last no no the last sort of he, he just went on in that in that one season too long. Yeah, you know he didn't he didn't read the didn't read the room almost did he? And that his last game I think was the when he went off at half time against Newcastle. Wasn't Newcastle, it, that's that it. Was yeah, really yeah, sad, so wasn't it? Should have James deemed it. I know, and so he kind of. It doesn't taint his legacy at Tottenham in my mind, but I I think it does. You know, he didn't end. He didn't end on a. He, he don't yeah. have to end with a trophy, but he he he, he the game, the, the the Premier League finished his time with us rather than he just it just yeah. came to him. You know, he he sort of called it really. So and the same thing's happening to Dyer, isn't it? At the moment, you know, yeah. he's quite clearly never gonna. You know, unless there's literally is no fullbacks fit, he's never gonna play for Spurs again. Um, and even though yeah, I'm very like that. Fan, I think it's a bit sad that, you know, I think that we've got to get better at that as a club, I think, you know, Agreed. and um, give people, uh, I mean, they're well paid, but. That do you think that's us as a club, though? Or do, you think, do you think it's us us not um, not letting go of these players sooner? Because I think, exactly. you know, that certainly if you talk about the, the vocal majority, Dyer's been, you know, hasn't particularly been in, in those fans' favour for, at least a couple of seasons right so I think in hanging on to them we're actually making it harder to give them a justifiably positive send-off the thing about Hugo I just want to quickly make the point is that whilst the my original point about him giving us that solidarity and that kind of safety net I never I would I don't remember being as excited about having Hugo as I am currently about having Vicario in those moments like there's a I'm sure in most of his games, he's consistently saving us a goal a game, but he's doing it with so, he's such a hype man and he's just so exciting. It is yeah. really rare to have that type of character seemingly come out of nowhere, albeit there'll be scouts around the world who, you know, to say it was far from nowhere. But you know what I mean? It's just, it's really exciting and interesting to know that not only have we moved on, but we've moved on to someone who I think has already delivered a better consistency of excitement than Hugo ever did. Hugo was just, wow, that was a great save, but there was no real drive and passion. And maybe that's going back to Rob's point about him being a, a, a true natural leader. Whilst I'm potentially uh, personally even I don't like goalkeepers being captains because I feel like they're a bit too far removed from the majority yeah. of the action but I think someone like Vicario's character and personality which is also evident in countless other players at the moment like Porro and a few others I think is is just it feels like we're in a much stronger place um, mate, from that he, that position. Mate, he made this day I, I'm going to argue so I, I agree on the sense of Vicario I think he's absolutely fabulous but 
Hugo made his debut in November 2012. Now, let me rewind back to 12 years. I've just had a look now. The line, the lineup for his debut against Lazio in the Europa League was Lloris, Vertonghen, Kulka, with Norton and Walker, with Bale on the left wing as captain, with uh, Tom Carroll and Sandro in the middle, with Gilfie Sigurdsson on the right, Adebayor and Dempsey. And if you think how far we've come since then, like Champions mm. League final, consistent top four, like he was there to take us up a level and that's what he did. And he created that platform for, for Vicario. If it was the other way around, we'd be saying the same thing about Lloris. I think him having that longevity yeah. and ability to transition through multiple, multiple, multiple clubs, I think uh, teams is magnificent. I've always been a massive fan of his. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, like, I remember sitting on, sitting there in the South Stand when I was going all the time and just going, why the fuck are we playing Friedel? I knew Friedel had that consistent game, didn't he? He started every game yeah. and he's got the most <clears throat> consistent games and that's why we did it. But there was a point where it was such a massive difference going from Friedel to Lloris and I don't think it's as big a difference going from Lloris to Vicario and that, mm. that that's important. More importantly is who is the best looking person in our squad now? Because I, I don't think we've got a very good looking squad anymore because <laughs> I'm going to give you Sun Hyun Min because he's smoking in some of his boss or Burberry or whatever he's doing I'm going to give you Basuma I think he's just a good looking boy I think Royale is a good one if you like that sort of thing I think Perisic will age well and DJ Spence <laughs> if you like that sort of thing you like doggy. that sort of thing <laughs> well you know what I mean <laughs> what sort of thing is that Trans- I, don't know, mate. I don't think we should unpack that anymore <laughs> just in case but I <laughs> no, he's just he's just quite he's, he's quite a cool he is a cool, you know like cool fella he's a cool cat he's right. cool he's very, you know? he's very cool he's very cool i mean van der ven and poro have got a shout as well surely oh i like his confidence he's got turkey teeth though isn't he <laughs> <laughs> i love it's the also, fact we're what um, 15 minutes in and that's where we're at now <laughs> and i have yeah. some sympathy with poro for this but as uh as uh as anyone that can see me at the moment can detest but i'd He's got a terrible haircut, Poroni. It's really, <laughs> it's so sharp, you know. It is, yeah. But um, uh, I'll uh, put a vote out there for Pepe Sar, as always. Pepe Sar, yeah. You know, good looking lad, Sar. You yeah, know, can't do anything wrong. A dog is my wrong. vote, probably. A doggy as well, yeah. You, you know, to you just you'd want him in your corner if you had a fight, wouldn't you? A doggy, he just looks brilliant. I, I, <laughs> I think. Up. I honestly think out of all of our players, apart from Son, who I I think is well, I think Son could go into any first eleven in any anywhere in the world. I think a doggy could could hit that level. I haven't loved a player like this since I don't think Modric. Like I just I, he, he's quite scary how good he can be. And I'm not talking like Trent. Mm. Trent feels like a failed midfielder who's getting now praised because he's moved up a little bit f- far forward. A doggy just seems I don't know where his faults are. His brain's great. His feet are great. His en- his engine's great. I just his aggression's great. He just He's absolutely brilliant. He's making I think Trent feels like an athlete. Sorry, Rob. Mm. Trent feels like a sprinter. A sprinter that they, you know, taught him some football, how to kick a ball right. And he's got great technique, so I don't mean to knock it so much. Whereas the doggy is just, he's just fascinating. And you you see him nick the ball back. I've never seen so many people regain possession so consistently and stand almost like a static and still have the, the upper body strength or the core strength, whatever it might be, to shield the ball or even keep people off. It's fascinating how strong that chap is. It's like a five-a-side player in that way, where he, he looks like he, he needs less space than everyone else. Or what it, it's it's a very odd. Yeah. Uh, quick one on Eric Dyer then. Sad to see him. He hasn't gone yet. He's probably going to buy Munich if they want him. He'll be a backup there. 
people are saying, why shouldn't he be a backup here? But that's just because our time with him is done. We need to move on. He'll go there. And he can't play. He can't play this system. He He just can't fit this system. It's a bit like I think Richarlison long term can't play this system. His touch is far too heavy. And Eric Dyer just can't play this system. And there's nothing wrong with that. That He has to move on. It's not knocking the guy. I think from a personality perspective, most fans think he's, you know, absolutely a wonderful human being. And I believe that to be true. But he just doesn't work here. So a, a move to, to Bayern is a fantastic opportunity for him. I think there were stronger rumours he was going to head back to sporting, right? Because he's, you know, he's, he's Portuguese, half Portuguese, whatever, and, and grew up there. And there's obviously an affinity with that, with that club. And maybe that might happen after a season or so. But... For him to go to Bayern Munich and be a utility player, I think it's brilliant. Good luck to him. I agree. And it's not his fault necessarily. Um, he just, you know, he, he hasn't fitted either in this team or the one before it for a while because the he's got many attributes. One of them isn't pace and close control and therefore it doesn't work. Um, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, he needs, he, he, he needs to move. And, the thing with Dyer that I found, and a, a little bit with Luis as well, is it's really highlighted to me, at least at this level, and I love it and I hate it at the same time, the ruthlessness of elite sport. Um, you know, it would have been easy for Postacoglu with all of the injuries that he's had, particularly obviously to the defence, to pick Dyer. Um, and he hasn't, I mean, obviously he hasn't done it, has he? Not really. He's stuck to his principles, but also he's stuck to the fact that he's just, he's a square peg in a round hole in this team. And there's been absolutely no card of loyalty for every, anything that's gone before. It's just about, you know, what you did yesterday is irrelevant. It's today and moving forward. And it's a ruthless business, <laughs> elite mm. sport. And unfortunately for Dyer and Elise and uh, Luis and others, it's, it's played out very, very publicly. It must be really humiliating for him, but hopefully yeah. he gets his move and he can move on. He's not old, is he? He's still quite young, got a career in front of him, so all the best to him, I guess, and thanks to him for um, everything that he did and uh, all those uh, blocks that he didn't make. <clears throat> <laughs> I mean... It's those solo the... holidays I'll miss when you see him on holiday on his Todd climbing mountains yeah. and stuff. I have so much respect for that. What a mad introduction as well is in scoring on your debut against West Ham because West you were Ham, the, remember, the, yeah. the closest yeah. man, right? Um, yeah. I'll never forget that bloody t- that time when he went into the, the crowd as well to defend his brother and then went on that that podcast mm-hmm. with Jake Humphreys <laughs> talking about mentality. Oh. I, d- I don't know. didn't it's quite so work bad. for me. No. But loyal servant, excellent player. Um, Joe Roden going to Leeds. Good luck. Just want to see the boy happy. He's not at our level. Um, the best thing he ever did with those two videos he did with Gareth Bale. Uh, and yeah. If you haven't seen them, just go watch them. They're, they're hilarious. It's exactly exactly what working in McDonald's on Newport Road sounded like to me. Just talking about like aliens. Like it, it was brilliant. It was great. So good luck to him. And then let's talk about Timo Werner. <laughs> what? I, I don't understand. Like, I, I understand we need an attacker, but we know enough about him. Like, it was funny when he was at Chelsea because he couldn't score. And now he's, worry, he's... My, my worry about him is, I think I put this in our chat that we have yesterday, that Tottenham desperately need pace and um, they need ruthlessness in front of goal. They need execution in front of goal. And he is proven to have incredible pace and he's also proven to need about 43 chances to score. And even then, he'll put the 44th over the bar. Are you talking about 
Johnson or Richarlison here? What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like you fit in, and yeah. so I'm very and so. But look, I, I, clearly, <clears throat> when you consider the fact that he's World Cup player and he's this and that and the other, he's rated, isn't he? You know, managers obviously rate him. People in the game that they obviously rate him. So someone at some point you would think is going to unpick him. So hopefully it's us. I think, I mean, the beauty is it's a risk-free signing, isn't there? There's no obligation to purchase. And even if it does work out, the deal is something around £15 million, which for someone in, who's only 27, they've won the Champions League. Prior to Chelsea, he was a you know a goal, a goal every other game ratio at Leipzig. Because I remember we were in for him, weren't we? Years and years ago, we were interested, or at least rumoured to be. And he was a player who you knew to be prolific. And yes, he spent most of his time at the bridge being offside. And I get that. And I'm concerned a little bit about that. But we haven't actually signed him. We desperately need cover in those roles. He's as quick as they come, which we know will work well. It will allow Kulu to move in centrally and cover Madison if he needs to. And us have two flying wingers in Son's absence. So it's risk free. The other point I want to quickly make about uh, Tino, aside from concluding in Big Ange we trust and Big Ange apparently wants him, so I'm good with that, is it's it's really interesting that there was no ITK in the no, in the no rumors about this. It just mm. happened and I think yeah. that's a really good sign mm. of the togetherness within the club. You've obviously haven't got anyone leaking anything and I know that might not always be the case with transfers, but even if you look a few days ago to Ben Sanker starting against Bournemouth, like I I literally I just parked up near the stadium when that broke and I and I just let out this like pathetic glee of excitement because I was so happy he was back and nobody called that at all no. and I think that's a really good sign of things at the club that there is a togetherness sufficiently to stop those things being leaked. Yeah, Absolutely sure. my gut instinct as well just re- you know probably completely incorrectly reading in between the lines interviews and things I'm still not convinced that Postacoglu is necessarily an advocate for Richarlison, as you said earlier, Giles, long term. He can't be. And so I, I honestly think that, you know, it went, and especially when you see him playing in the centre and his movement in the centre, which is just so good. I mean, so he's just world-class, mm. sunny. I honestly think that for the next couple of seasons, they're thinking about playing Sun down the middle anyway. Mm. Uh, and um, and so Werner coming in, if he can hit some form, kind of makes sense in, in that regard. And yeah, Richarlison, I'm sure at the end of the year is is probably going to be one that sort of moves on, you know. So it kind of makes sense. And they need pace. They, 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 they desperately need pace so that they can constantly press up <coughs> up front because they're, they're getting so many in the getting so many injuries to the to the to the defence, all hamstring injuries because they're having to you know, chase back, sprint back yeah. where they're not used to, aren't they, from the half lo- half halfway line. So Ange with all the stop start the of the AR. Yeah, exactly. Ange ball just doesn't work if if the front three aren't constantly and always on it, uh, as he's been proven by the fact that three out of our four centre backs got hamstring in uh, yeah, have got hamstring injuries. So there's also um, a really exciting precedent of bad of of ultimately world-class players being shit at Chelsea. You've Kevin, Kevin De Bruyne, you've got Mo Salah. He's yeah. only 27. You never know. If anyone's going to unlock it, Big Ange might. He also might not, but look, he's, it's worth a punt, isn't it? His record at Leipzig looked all right as well, didn't it? I was, looked at, I was looking it up yesterday because obviously I've got no clue, but in the last couple of years, and you know, he scored he scored 30-odd goals, I think, in 50-odd games or something. So it's, no, in less than that, 60-odd games. So it's not bad. Yeah, and it's like it's almost a goal every two games for Germany yeah. as well, and he's got over fifty caps, I think. So exactly. yeah, so someone's going to unlock him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Chelsea have got a history of ruining strikers. Like 
world-class yeah. strikers. Like Drogba was obviously a success. Costa was obviously a success. But then you go, Giroud was okay for him. Lukaku failed. Torres failed. I know he's injured. Morata, Shashenko, Barr, Remy, Batshuayi, Falcao. Like these are big names. Eto. These are big, big, big names. Just didn't work. Um, but also on Drogba quickly, and I'm not going to start a massive row here about Drogba being world-class or not, but I'm not his biggest fan, albeit I accept he was a proper, proper player. But he didn't score over 20 goals till he was about 26, 27, 28 or something. His goal rate was actually quite poor. Yes, he was a fantastic player, hugely effective, but you could argue he wasn't a world-class striker. His, his highlights are well-remembered, aren't they? But there's, there's there was a lot of issues with his game. He was also a massive diver which people forget. Um, he also stopped a civil war, so we'll give him <laughs> benefit of the doubt. Um, <clears throat> can I talk quickly, before we talk about some matches, um, some players that have really stood out in December when, we, when we've really needed them. So firstly, Ben Davis and Royale. Obviously, I've, you know. So ben impressed Davis. with Davis. He was, well, he's yeah. been so good, particularly when he came in. Obviously, he hasn't played for a while. It took him a game couple of games to kind of get back up to speed which is obviously completely understandable but since then I mean I don't he's been so so solid and when you think he's had a fullback player next to him um mm. you know and he's basically marshaled that defense isn't he really um and it's not his natural game that high line I mean huge huge props yeah. to him I have to say I've been really really yeah. impressed with him and he's been so so solid and the other thing as well Giles you'll know this if you're going to the games but what never really comes over on the TV, but he's really vocal, Davis. Yeah. Like he's talking, 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 yeah, talking yeah. all the time, all the time. You know, and we're talking about leadership. I mean, he's definitely, I know he often plays that role for Wales, but he's been really, really important in that regard. So, mm. yeah, it's, I'm almost a bit, so, well, I'm sorry for him that he got <laughs> injured, but also had he not have got injured, of course, Van der Ven looks like he's back and fit and uh, he'd have probably been dropped when he, so, it's, you know, it's good. Uh, he's been brilliant. Yeah, important yeah. is a really good word for him. It's it's important and effective. And Royal, remember, Royal deleted his Twitter and his socials because of Spurs fans. And now look at him; he's 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 a bit bigger than a utility player. He's doing really well for us. I, yeah, I'm so impressed that's, by his, his attitude. That's exactly the point I made to Chris when we were at the last game together. Was that here's a guy who has every right to not do his best or not try his hardest like his kind of redemption arc or whatever you want to call it I appreciate that's a bit over the top is significant because he was booed in his own stadium countless times maybe not by the majority but it's very audible he's had a horrific time or experience with us at times the fan base so for him to be putting in the shifts that he does and he's a bit like Poro you can tell he it, he wants to win it, it's it's outstanding and I think just reflects so well on his character mm. And Ben Davies is exactly the sort of player, I'm, I'm, I'm mindful of, of going over the top because I think ASD will happily do that for everyone any, any time mm. of week. I know you're a huge fan, right? But I think he's exactly the type of character and professional that Chelsea are missing because, yes, they've signed all this talent, but there is quite evident they don't have that wise, experienced leader on the pitch other than Silva. And he's just been absolutely astronomical. And to Rob's point, he is really vocal. He's organising players on the pitch. He obviously understands what Big Ange wants and he's helping to communicate that in his own, you know, on his own terms during a game. It's 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 incredible. And we're very lucky to to have had him the last few weeks for sure. Yeah. Do you know, you might not know, do you know what a grog is? G-R-O-G-G. It might be just a Welsh thing. It's a drink, it's a, isn't it? It's a drink. Nah. In fact, they. do you know where they drink a lot of grog is in uh, Finland. Finland. Yeah. 
Oh, interesting. Mm. Uh, no, it's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you should be a teacher, mate. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, no, in, I mean, uh, it is. It is. <laughs> Listen, if we're not careful, I'm we're going to alienate all our listeners in Helsinki soon. uh they're a bunch of um welsh rugby it's a guy who makes statues of welsh rugby players with big heads it's a bit like the old um what were the the football ones from when we were kids and rob you in your 30s the um you know the (laughs) (laughs) like i remember having a shearer one it's a bit like that but bigger and you get ben davis spurs one which is pretty cool uh royale and then vicario Jesus, what a bargain that man was. Uh, it's so yeah. harsh that he's, he's living in the age of Donnarumma because he should be Italy's number one. He'd be any country's number one, really. What a what a keeper we've got there. I just just wanted to... We, we I think you said it earlier. We'd be points down if it wasn't for him. If we had just any other keeper, I think, like just a generic keeper. I really do think we've got a special player there. Yeah, we need him at the moment because we are we look vulnerable. I think yeah, in every yeah. game you reeled off earlier, especially the Bournemouth game just gone, we looked yeah. vulnerable all game. And a decent striker would have scored a few regardless of Vicario being there. They had good opportunities. And we are hemorrhaging goals, right? Relatively speaking, we are hemorrhaging goals still with him and with Davies and Royal doing a good job. So I think it just shows how much we need Romero, Van der Ven, the Romanian Dragon, whoever else we're signing. We need that reinforcement in as soon as possible. What, yeah. What's... Yeah. Um, kind of I guess worrying but also really exciting at the same time is we've definitely come through a we're just starting to come out the other end of this period of huge numbers of injuries and we've we've also had some really hard games and actually I think that over the last six weeks Newcastle uh, Newcastle aside I, I don't think we've played well at all no um and I think that uh, and, and when I say that it's not just because you know, we look exposed at the backs. I completely agree we do. But we're also, we also don't seem to be on it quite as much. And some of the old stuff from last season where we'd only play for half the match and stuff. And then the second, then, the, you know, the alternative half would be a bit on the back foot. So I've seen some of that has been creeping in a little bit. And I guess it's understandable because it's not the new team. And also it's the same players every week and fatigue, etc. But I, I don't think we've been playing very well. And um if we can't get the strikers, if we're going to continue to play in that way, and you know it puts huge pressure on the strikers that they have to score two, three a game, or, or we're going to get beaten, which is in the end kind of what's happened, particularly in the West Ham game and in the in the Villa game. And the second half against West Ham was so poor. Yeah. Uh, but yet we're starting to get the players back. It's early January, and we're third, well, three, five points off the top, or whatever it is. Yeah. It's mad. It's mad. Yeah. And there was a great tweet from an Arsenal player, uh, Arsenal fan saying Spurs have managed to say one point behind them wherever we are um, with our second choice fullbacks at centre-backs. And they don't, they would hate to see Arteta managing it. And that just shows you how, how well we've done. Like the team against Burnley <coughs> was awful. And that, that team will never play again together again, right? Because we won't have that many injuries. And you could just see... They wanted to do it, but those players could not do it. We got had Bentico coming back from injury, and it was just a mess in the middle. It was a mess up front. It just didn't work. As soon as you take Sun out that front three with his sharpness and accuracy, as soon as you take Saar out, you lose a lot of the energy. And as soon as you take Romero and Mickey out, then everything falls apart. So it 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 was a mess. The other 
Lacelso was poor, but I thought he'd been really good for us in, throughout December. I thought he'd been really, really important. He played really well in particular in the Bournemouth game, which was a massive game for me. I don't think we really talked about how big that one was because Bournemouth were the form team in the league. They were the best performing team in the whole league. And we went and beat them 3-1 when we just lost 4-2 to Brighton. So we were down and we went and yeah. battered them, really. like they, they could have scored, but scoring those three goals were massive. And we it was all from Sun playing as a chalk-on-your-boots left winger, cutting in, and LaSalle playing through balls. It was it was fabulous. And it came from the first goal, if you remember, was Saar scoring after pressure from the goalkeeper. And we've seen that consistently, like a mm. sun pressure. We saw it against Forrest from Kulisevsky smashing it in. Do you remember it went through the goalkeeper? That was after sun pressure in Everton. Um, we got the Johnson shot blocked, which went to Sonny, who hit it into the ground. That was pressure. So we've we've caused a lot of goals through pure pressure, which we would never would have done under Mourinho or Conte. So that's been really good. Mm. Oh, sorry, I think, I think we have to acknowledge as well that Bournemouth were absolutely fantastic, really impressive, and 3-1 flattered us hugely, yeah. I think. It did. It yeah, did. particularly the first half, yeah. yeah. And Arsenal lost yeah. to Fulham on the same day. So that's six points. Yeah, that's six glorious. Six points for us. Um, a huge weekend. I mean, we've got to get the players back, keep, and then crucially, the key players keep them fit. Yeah. But if we can do that, I mean, it's one of those seasons. I think. I mean, you never know, but it's one of those seasons at the moment where I think we're in the league. I really do. If we can keep them fit, there's a smash and grab opportunity this year. Yeah. You don't normally get right, and, and yeah. it could be it could be an opportunity for sure. Yeah. I think one thing that was noticeable for me, aside from my pathetic glee I mentioned earlier with Benny back in centre mid, I find um, it's really noticeable. It was at the the other day that um, whether I think him and Romero both share this same fairly, it can't be unique because I've just said there's two of them, but it's fairly relatively unique quality where they receive the ball and not only does everything calm down. You can feel it in the crowd. Like there's something, you know, these players who seem like they have more time on the ball because they're so technically superior, but they both bring a calmness. And I think when they're missing from the team, and you saw it against um, Burnley, it, we just seem really erratic and panicked all the time. But Bensonka can receive the ball in centre mid. He can have two or three oppositions around him, but he somehow retains possession and calms the game and I think when you have him and Romero missing it's really noticeable I can completely agree with that I remember I remember I can't remember who it was against um I need help with that but um I was I was at the game when uh Benton Kerr made his debut I think he came on really early in the second half against whoever it was and uh Winks was playing centre midfield that day and he replaced Winks and I'll never forget I was there with a mate of mine and it was just it was like night and day when yeah. Benton Kerr came on, and I remember clearly remember turning to my pal Simon and saying to him, "Oh, that's how a centre midfield player is supposed <laughs> to play. It's meant that that's how you are supposed to be able to take the ball in the half turn and you know go forwards and control the ball and manage the tempo. And he, yeah. he's a he's a brilliant, brilliant player, grossly underrated, I think, and um, they deeply miss him. So yeah, it's brilliant now he's back and hopefully he can stay fit. Came and he's on. the one who won the ball back for Sars gold that ASD just yeah. just uh, took yeah. through, right? Yeah, he's done a lot yeah. of that. He's done mm. a lot of that. He's he um came on against Brighton and Hove Albion uh in the FA Cup. Yeah, he's he's fabulous. I think he right. he's what 
people think Dembele was. And I, I know I'm down on Dembele. I, I loved him when I saw him. I just people seem to think he was a superhero, but he was just totally ineffective. What I love about Pentaco and, and Kulisewski is people thought we were just... You can't playing. just sneak that in, mate. You can't sneak that in and not have me defend him. Okay, well, move then. on. No, no, How no, many we've goals had this, did he score for us? We've had this. We've had yeah. this before. How many goals and assists? Because I can remember he was, one he was a truly, scored. truly magical player. He was magnificent. World class. World class. Great highlight. He was. He had great highlights. <laughs> um, Go on, move on, move on. Kudelski and Benzema buying. Uh, we, people thought we bought just Juve rejects, just bench players. Kudelski yeah. is unbelievable. I really didn't get it at the start of the season. I thought he couldn't hit that first six month, high, you know, the six month loan numbers. Then he had a bit of a quiet spell. But now he just he works like a dog. It doesn't look like an athlete oh, at all, does he? He's relentless. He's utterly relentless. And actually, we made the point about a doggy earlier. He seems to share a similar kind of physical strength that people just can't get near him. Yes, he's not as fast as, as others that typically would be in that position on the pitch, but it doesn't seem to, to matter. He still manages to shield them all off. And actually, I made, again, something I was talking about the other day is these links to Conor Gallagher. I don't think it's going to happen just because I think there'd be an absolute revolt at Chelsea amongst their fan base and they'll price us out of any deal. But he's one of the other players, I think, has exactly the same engine as Kulisevsky. And I think if we were to sign him, it would just be fairly unstoppable, that mm. engine. Yeah. According to Transfermarkt, which is obviously the, the god uh, of all market valuation James Madison is our most valuable player at 70 million euro then Romero at 65 then Kudelski's son and Brennan Johnson all around about the 50 55 mark which is yeah. interesting Porro's wow. done well for himself hasn't he while we're here like yeah it, it, we'll talk about the goal in a second but he's gone from no one really knowing what the point of him was to being a great right back for us he's got a huge amount of assists he's in the top 10 assist makers in the Premier League right now I think there were a few of us defending him from the off on the pod, though. I remember having a, a mini spat with Jack about it because I don't think he was his biggest fan. And I'm, I'm wrong more often than I'm right, so I'm not trying to get one up here at all. But you could tell he was technically absolutely fantastic. And he, But, but you're yeah. right, he has grown in a way that we probably couldn't anticipate when you go from someone like Conte with his very rigid plan A and that's it system mm. to Big Ange with his very different plan A and that's it system. So hats off to him. The transformation of the scouting network that Paratici put in place and then obviously the work that he's done himself. I mean, although I wouldn't want Paratici to sort of manage my bank account or anything, uh, he... Um, oh, I don't know. He, well, maybe, or maybe not my taxes, <laughs> but he... Um, but he um, I would have him recruit a new football team for. I mean, yeah. as, 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 as any other than Gil, they've all worked, haven't they? Yeah, and, and actually, it's 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 so it's so strange or rare for Tottenham to buy a player, loan him back to their to that you know parent club, and then have them a year later. But both with Sarah and a doggy, they have just come in. They've just, I don't know, it just seems fantastic. And you're right, yeah. Kulu, Bentinka, Romero, the rest of them, incredible. And if it if they if they are Juve rejects, then you know fuck it, let's sign some more Juve rejects because yeah. it's it's working. Right. Um, let's talk about Burnley yesterday quickly. The goal. I mean, up there with the goals of the season. I was, I had to look at all of our goals of the se- goals this so far this season. We haven't scored many bangers just because all of our goals come from inside the box now. Sar scored a, a nice one the other day, didn't he? Um, who was that against Bournemouth? No, was it against? Sar scored against Bournemouth. Yeah, first goal of the game. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that was nice. But I mean, this was a banger, right to left striking it. What did, did you watch on ITV? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Commentary was dreadful for a really start. Bad. 
Yeah, why was Alan Smith on with us? And then he went into the 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 presenters at half time. Had Ian Wright, Arsenal player, all Gooners, yeah, all of them, four yeah, Arsenal yeah, players. Yeah, really negative as usual. I I, I mean. Uh, to be honest, I've st- I, I I often now m- maybe I'm st- I'm turning to my dad, but I often now mute the television commentary and stick the radio on over the top. Yeah. Mm. Uh, to be honest, um, because um, it's e- it's either so unbearably biased towards Man United, Liverpool, Man City, or it's yeah. or, you know or anti Spurs, and uh, it's it's crap. So it's crap. yeah, I I completely agree. Yeah, Ian Wright's the only one out of that list I can stand because I think he's kind of. What's the word? Uh, regrettably, a fan of Tottenham at times, or the way we play, at least. At least yeah, you don't have football. Football. banter, isn't it? You know, at least, yeah, at least exactly. you can have a you can have a have a have a laugh about it. But the rest oh yeah, of... it's all it's panto, it's panto. It's exactly. Fun, yeah. It? I yeah, said uh, a... I meant Brighton earlier, not Burnley. I've just realised what I said. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a fan of football. I, f- I find in right first, and then he, then he'll talk about his allegiances. Whereas mm-hmm. a lot of others will say, oh, you know, I can't say I like Spurs because of my her- my loyalty. Well, get off the TV then. Exactly. He's also really the only one of the ex-professionals here, right, in the from the men's game that is really making inroads in the women's game, isn't he? In terms of raising the profile and stuff. So, you know, he's huge, huge, big up to him. But just stop saying Spurs, basically. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, we've talked about pretty much everything now. We've (laughs) there was a Tottenham Arsenal women's game. I'm not sure you saw that one where we Mm. beat Arsenal one, and uh, that was on on mid incredible goal Unbelievable. that was up there because there was a, the other my other goal of the season so far was if you remember Richarlison scored in the win against Everton but it was from like Johnson passed to Porro Porro passed it through Kulusevski to Johnson Johnson crossed it it just felt like that a bit like that do you remember I think who scored it I think it was Lamella where we played like a 42 pass move against QPR do you remember that yeah and no one else mm. touched it mm. was it Vaguely. reminded me of that a little bit um, beautiful football. Like it was, it was properly lovely football to watch. We're apparently we're the number one most entertaining football team in the world to watch at the moment. But I think that 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 goal was better than it for the Tottenham women. What a goal that would have been! I think um, Chris went. She went with a famous guest. I don't want to ruin it for her because she was meant to be here. So we'll do it next. But fantastic goal from after losing against the Arsenal a couple of days previously in the FA Cup, losing on penalties, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. Cool. Um, injuries. I mean, I, I've got the list in front of me. Perisic out for the season. Veliz. Veliz was in bits, wasn't he, when he yeah. came off? Just crying. Really I mean, really bad. Look, look pretty bad. We don't know mm-hmm. when he's going to be back. Looks like it's March at the earliest. Romero's yeah. out for a month. Solomon is still out. Hopefully by the end of this month. Madison maybe soon. Maybe he's he's apparently he's training. Sessignon was back. It was good to see him back, but he needs to go. I think because. I don't know how long we've got to wait for him to deliver. He's not Yodel. I might start calling him Yodel. Uh, then Basuma, Sar, <laughs> Son uh, are gone. Dyer's gone. He's injured, apparently. Even, uh, according to Ange, Davis is out now with a thigh injury. And the Celso came off, and they're talking about whether he's injured, but it just looks like he's just a bit tired. But, I mean, there's a lot of our first team out there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they really need to... They really do. I mean, so, some of the injuries have been really unlucky and some of them have definitely, I've started to question, particularly, as I said earlier, the hamstring injuries to the centre-halves. You know, the, the, pl- playing a super high line is great, but if you ha- if you, if your centre-backs keep pulling their hamstrings, then, you know, you need a rethink, don't you? So, I um, that's a little bit of a worry. 
Um, well, especially as next season, we've got ambitions of being in the Champions League as well, right? So, like, fixture-wise, this is probably the easiest it's going to be for some time, we hope, yeah. at least. Yeah. 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 We have Man United next. Who knows? I mean, Man United won. won they, was it Villa they beat, where Hoyland got his first goal? But their their form is dreadful. They're a dreadful football team. I wouldn't take any of their plays at our place. I don't know if you've got any you would take. Anana's hilarious as well. Just how many mistakes must he make? I tell you what though, I'm bored of the class of ninety two talking about Man United though. Oh, like oh, it's so dull, mate. So They've been doing it for years, haven't they? They just can't let it go. Like and it's weird because um uh, there's so many fans now, obviously the younger fans, who do, who weren't part of that era, and so hopefully that's going to start having to weed itself out. But it's just so exhausting. I've got friends who still do it all the time, and whether it's you know Harry Kane should sign for Man United this summer, you just think why they're a mess of a club. Like they're the place where mediocrity goes to get rich. Like all of their players, their squad, they've got so many average players earning crazy sums of money, and they're rotten because of it. So. I'm I'm looking forward to Sunday, regardless of the players missing. I think we'll have a fight that they just can only seem to engineer every now and then. The amount of coverage that the Ratcliffe and Ineos thing got, and when you actually look at what they've done there and what what's actually going on, I mean it's it's pretty inconsequential, really. What well, I mean, they've you know they they're not going to yeah. they're talking about sticking 600 million quid into Man United into the stadium infrastructure. I mean, we at Tottenham know. I mean, good luck. I mean, that's you know, that's what's that going to do? So, hmm. it's um, it's it is ridiculous. And uh, you know, we we might as well start talking about Preston North End, might we? If we're just going to go back and constantly <laughs> talk about you know all the great old clubs, in, in, well, football's about here and now. Well, the bit I'm enjoying about it is they can't sack Eric Ten Hag, who who I think would have gone if it because oh. he's a good manager. Like he he did really well at Ajax. And but he just can't manage Man United. There's something going on at that club. I don't know whether it's this expectation that they should be bigger than they are, or I, I don't know what it, or whether it is just set up in a really toxic manner. I don't know what's going on there. The thing is, I think doing well at Ajax can be a measure of someone, but it also sometimes isn't. If you look at was it Ronald De Boer, which of the De Boer twins was it who did great at Ajax and then was utterly yeah. dog shit in the Premier League? And I think Ten Hag, yes, he, he's got, he has to be questioned. For, for signing off 80, 85 million pounds for Anthony and all of the other gross misuse of funds. Uh, and I think he has to take some blame for that because the one thing that everyone consistently says is noticeable at Spurs with Big Ange is that they have a clear identity and philosophy, whatever word you want to use. Whereas at United, it just seems to be a bit kind of papier-mâché every week, just stick something else in a different shape and hope it works. And counting on like that, um, instinctive want to win that some of the United boys like Rashford will have, but they don't have it consistently enough because they're maybe distracted by your field, whatever it might be. I don't know, but I do think he has to shoulder some blame for that because the funds he has at his disposal are, are, are disgusting. Sancho was yeah. on three hundred and fifty grand a week, if you believe reports. It's crazy, I mean, isn't it? it's insane, absolutely mad. It's just yeah. the rich kids who come to school with the rich, with the latest boots and and no. But they've got a history of it, haven't they? Since since mm. the, you know the class of '92, whether it's Ravel Morrison or Jesse Lingard or Sancho potentially, or you know, there's there's so many of them that seem to have, I don't know, this there's just the attitude you don't want that you know you could see with the likes of I don't know Adele Tarapt and players that we've had that you just know if they really wanted it they could be world beaters, but. I don't know. I mean, pay me that when I was their age and I'd probably be a massive bell end as well. So I'm not saying I'm any, I'm any better. I'd probably be dead by now. But yeah, it is it is a problem at United and has been for a while. 
Can I read you? We're halfway, just over halfway through the season now. Uh, can I read you the predictions that we put yeah. in at the beginning of the season and ask you if you would change them now? Because actually they read quite interestingly. So, uh, Giles, you're top of my screen. So, G, you said... I said fifth, I think. Good memory. You said we'd finish fifth, FA Cup we'd yeah. win it, League Cup we're knock, knocked out by Fulham, but you you came on the pod <laughs> after we'd been knocked out by Fulham. So that oh, was... mate, that's just a minor detail. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> unexpected hero yeah, Udogi and and standout player Madsen smashing that, and then yeah. feeling at the end of se- at the end of the season it was exactly how you feel now. I love it. I love it. I'm so happy. And then goal difference thirty four, which Sandwiches. we're on thirteen now, but it could happen. And then Rob, you said sixth semi final the FA Cup final the League Cup. I mean, well that's fine. Unexpected hero. Do you remember who you said? I don't. So probably was it. Perisic. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, oh, mate. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I can pick players. Don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, standout player, Vicario or Doggy. And then feeling that we are a proper team. No one is looking forward to playing us. We have an identity where there's pride to watch us. Incremental gains, stability and improvements. And goal difference of 10. I think actually we're on track. Yeah. I'm on track. And I would argue Perisic would have been our standout player of the season if he hadn't got injured. Um, but um, I'd change my prediction where I think we'll finish. I um, think, oh, well, we're not allowed caveats, so I won't say that, but I think we'll finish third. Woof. Yeah, Villa are yeah. going to drop off at some point. Yeah. Uh, I said we'd finish 4 4 six, get to the quarters of the FA Cup, final of the League Cup. Unexpected hero Basuma, come back to Basuma, stand up play Madsen, feeling at the end of the season, aimed high, had a bit of flexibility, and the goal difference would be 12. Now, Basuma has annoyed me with his stupid red cards, like yeah. really stupid red cards. And there's really a bit of me stupid. where is Ange pumping them up, or is there not, is he using the folly of youth for energy and, and for bravery, but also making them reckless. There's a there's a bit of me that's annoying with that. And then there's the bit about had a bit of flexibility. There's still a bit of Ange ball that it annoys me how there is just such a lack of flexibility. You have to, be, like you have a look at the Arsenal-Liverpool game today, which is incredibly dull, but Klopp recognised what needs to be changed. He changed it and they won 2-0. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure Ange does that. He brings on Hoiberg. That's what he does. He brings Hoiberg on from uh, for uh, Johnson or for one of the midfielders. And I'm really, as soon as we get found out, I'm a little bit worried that it will be very, very, very easy to play against. You just play a quick player, stand him on the halfway line and then break. I mean, one of the criticisms that we all had of Conti was that, he, you know, the, the, the three at the back, two in midfield, etc. And that it, there was, you know, that you remember when he eventually played four at the back and there was this big, uh, you know, big uh, sarcastic hooray about it on social media and stuff. Yeah. And actually, Ange is exactly the same. The only difference is, is, yeah. is that he knocks it about a bit. Um, yeah, that's it. So yeah, it's like we've always said. I think that when you're winning and when you're doing well, you know, it's fine. But if he doesn't, if he's completely immovable, which he is, and we lose five, six games or whatever. I mean, he nearly lost form, form the spin, didn't he? And that's when the stuff started creeping in. So you got to win. It's as simple as that, really. I also think the the idea or the option to be found out disappears when you get to a certain like quality like level. Because you can't, like, Man City won't get found out, right, if you just 
play a hundred games of the same game and they'll always you know, win majority right. And I think that the the self-belief, the kind of togetherness, all of the stuff that doesn't appear on a, you know, EA Sports attribute number, or maybe it does, I don't play, but whatever. The stuff off the technical ability of football that we are, you know, we're getting in spades is is significant enough that when we do come up against a team of City's calibre, we've got just as much chance, if not more chance, of beating them than anybody else. And so actually, I think you're absolutely right to call it ASD. And I think Rob's point on the fact that the criticism we had of Conte is actually could fairly be put to Big Ange. But I actually think it can be hugely effective. And we've seen it in pockets I said earlier that we looked vulnerable or have looked vulnerable in the last few games and there's no getting away from that. But that's with the cards he has to play. He's had one transfer window. He's got an incredible amount of injuries. And so actually it's hard to really cast a fair judgment on him even like saying bringing Hoiberg on like whether that's a tactical choice whether that's just because he's got no other option and he knows Hoiberg will run his socks off if he needs to like it's it's difficult isn't it to be fair of what is how what is Tottenham at the moment because it's down to its bare bones yeah and Spurs weren't shit last season because they play three at the back you know at the end of the day Conti proved himself to be an angry, somewhat poor man manager who also had a really difficult personal season at Spurs last year. Yeah. And the players weren't motivated to either play for him or and they were bored. And so it's um, you know, it is it is what it is. A lot of uh, I some you know, some other stuff you listen to other pros and stuff, they they all sort of say systems are just it's nonsense in it really. It's you know, it's all about um momentum and motivation and having the right players. Mm. Yeah, and maybe yeah, I think you're right. Maybe there's there's flexibility in some areas, and maybe others are not. So I was talking work about strategy, tactics, and execution. You know, the three levels and layers of the way you can do something, and maybe the execution is fast forward, pass, pass, pass forward. But actually, the strategy and tactics may vary per team. So maybe there's there's rigidity, but there's flexibility within the rigidity. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Maybe I'm just chatting shit. Who knows? Uh, score predictions for Man United. I mean, who knows? It's Old Trafford, so you're going to get tripped Spurs. on two nil Spurs. Yeah, two one. Yeah, I'm going to go three one. I've I, I don't know. I've no idea who's going to score the goals. I, like, really, no idea who's going to score goals. I'm I'm seeing Johnson's driving me insane. He's got a great yeah, first touch. Mm. He just looks so I don't know green, and I don't mm. doubt. You know, I, I have faith that he'll come good and at times he looks fantastic like those balls he's put in for Richarlison recently or not always Richarlison are, are, are exquisite and perfect but he seems to he seems to be very hesitant in games he seems to hesitate a lot whether that's going in for a challenge or just making decisions he seems not quite up to speed but again the stuff off the pitch the character the personality the background apparently his family are really driven and I think he's got to where he's got to for all the right reasons so I think that you know we can only have faith that he'll come he'll come good. But it is he hasn't, you know, been quite as electric as we hoped, I think. Early days. Early days. Stick him on the right wing so he stops shooting and we'll we'll all be fine with it, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? We can just cross the ball. But then where does Kudusevsky play? Who Why do you think Madison's gonna play against United? Like all of the reports are that he's nowhere near ready and he's he's not actually I don't think he's actually training. I think he's running. He's doing some running, but he's not training yet. But given what happened with Ben Tanker, and funnily enough, I heard a story um uh in the wake of the Bournemouth game, it was a Celtic 
was from Celtic fans saying that that was classic Big Ange. He used to do that a lot when really? he was up north, where he would just keep things indoors, and then all of a sudden he'd spring a surprise, and someone was playing who was meant to be unfit, and so on and so forth. So he's got form for that. So I wonder, aka really hope <laughs> that, that Madison's going to play against United, but I might just be getting great. carried away. Might be be great if he was at least on the bench. Yeah, you can see that would throw a club. Sorry, Did you just say Celtic was up north? Well, it is up north, isn't it? It's, it's not south north, from where I it? am. It's, well, yeah, but up north is very specific. Norway's up north, but well, and yeah, I mean, the that, sky is okay. up. It's not down. <laughs> We're going to be pedantic. <laughs> I've got a map here. I was looking it up. <laughs> up Glasgow <laughs> is definitely north. <laughs> yes, it's not up thank north you. though, because if I was a northerner, I'd, I might find that insulting. Well, you're not, not the so. but you're not. And, and, <laughs> and if you're in Glasgow and you were talking about up north, then you're talking about the Outer Hebrides. I mean, your, your, your options yeah. are limited in Glasgow if you're talking about up north, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. All right, gents. Yeah, it's time uh, on that bombshell that up north can be anywhere. Uh, it's time to end the well, show. At least you got your you got your name episode name. <laughs> yeah, guys up north. <laughs> Uh, it's time to end the show Lovely. thank you uh, we'll speak to you after the Man United game and don't forget the future's bright the future's easy white come on you Spurs I always thought there was very very many people interested in football and I always thought that football was a very important game but I never realised until today just how important it is whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion well they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future, what was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.